All right, here we go. It is podcast time. We are coming to you from the Rove Hotel downtown Dubai, the Epic Podcast Studio. My name is James Pikeway. Colin Thomas is here from Essential Maintenance, and we will fix it Dubai. And that means we are going to solve all of your maintenance and repair DIY issues. Well, we're going to try. <laughs> well, we always try. <laughs> They all love a try, don't they? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what everyone is interested in. They're interested in the try. He was absolutely useless, but boy, did he try hard. <laughs> okay, I want to pick up from last week's podcast first. So if you're following along with us, you want to go to the last episode, and you will have heard at the very beginning, we were talking about the lemon race. We were talking about your beetle. You got it on the track. I want to hear, I want the world to hear what happened on the track so this was last night and um this literally was the culmination of two and a half years that i've been on about this and trying to badger people into doing it and last night we finally got the car out on the track and i've got to say it's quite an emotional moment (laughs) you know there's a lot of pushback in different directions that you don't really expect and um so it literally is we call it the uh, the beetle banger series the beetle banger series okay for the simple reason that my car is 21 years old Yeah, so it's not the Beatles of the classics that people remember from the 1960s and 70s and, you know, earlier than that. Uh, This is the Beatle, they call it the new Beatle. The new Beatle, okay. Yeah. So, uh, which basically is is like the shape of a Beatle, but it's a golf underneath. Uh That was the idea. And uh, to give you an idea, I picked mine up for 1,500 dirhams. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, fairly economical. How much has gone into getting it roadworthy so you can actually drive it and it'll start? And oh, not off? that much, okay. ten thousand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but but the way that I bought it, it had been sat in a car park in Garhood. Yep. Well, he told me two years, but the last receipt I could find was like three and a half. Okay, he told me, oh, it might overheat a bit. Uh-huh. No, the engine's dead. <laughs> is what actually happened. Now I'm sure everybody out there has got six engines, so yeah, uh, yeah, like me. Yeah, so I just yeah. grabbed an engine and in it went. <laughs> uh, but then you know, it's you've got to be realistic with yourself and get it reliable and uh-huh. safe. Uh-huh. You know, I've got other people and friends of mine who are going to be driving that car with me, and I'm going to be in the passenger yeah, seat yeah. sometimes. So, um, so we did that. So last night was that culmination, and we had this most unbelievable uh, two hours beforehand. So it started at 6.30. Uh-huh. Okay? I'm talking to the Powerworks team, shout out to Glenn and DJ and the boys, uh, through the day yesterday. I no, gave they're them, also competitors in this series. They are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Their car hopefully is, is uh, coming soon. So w- basically the conversation started uh, at about 2 o'clock. Boys, you got this under control. I mean, it's all right. All right. We can't get the passenger door open. <laughs> you what? <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, you know, when you list, how you said it was a bit sticky. It's not opening at all. Now. <laughs> anyway, so immediately you've got pictures of right. We're all upside down. It's all kind of a little bit wrong, <laughs> or on its side. And the one door we can get out of is the passenger. Oh no, actually, I'm really sorry, chaps, but we're not getting out of the car after all because the passenger door doesn't open. So, uh, so we had that. That was basically the burning issue. Now, the problem was normally when a car comes back from PowerWorks, it is uh, beautifully washed, and they yep. give you a warning if there isn't much fuel in it. Okay, so it's remember six thirty is when we need to be uh, on track. Okay, four thirty comes. Do you think you've got it? Mm. <laughs> I'll call you back in ten minutes. <laughs> Twenty minutes later. So then, boys, how is how's it getting on? Well. <laughs> We have managed to get the door open once. <laughs> once. Like, oh, God, here we go. Anyway, and then we got to five o'clock and said, right, okay, we've got the temporary fix worked out. And we were kind of talking about different scenarios and how this could work. Bungee cord come into that somewhere? If only. It's got electronic locks. In 2000, they had electronic <laughs> nice. locks. It's a curse out of its time. Oh, man. So frustrating. So what we worked out, the workaround was... Don't lock the car. Right, there you go. Yeah, so we didn't, and the door worked perfectly throughout. Actually, I did tell the boys, because you got to in this scenario, um, but we just left that door as it was. But the night was just incredible, because I couldn't believe that this 21-year-old car 
was as good as it actually was. Nothing broke. And we, we were that, that, flat that, that, out. That is an indictment of the car. Nothing broke. No, but if you imagine what we're doing to it, we are racing the car flat out, yeah. right? So we are redlining it in every gear. We're as late as we can be on the brakes. We've got, I mean, it's just, it's utterly insane. And we were racing against Corvettes and Porsches, right? And we overtook two Porsches. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. So on the straight, our little two-litre got got just left behind as if we were stationary. But the thing was, as soon as it got twisty, all these big, heavy cars could not get round it. And we were screaming round the rest of the circuit. (laughs) So we get lost for dust on the main straight. And before we got round to the main straight again, we were right on their tails. It was incredible. So we did, I mean, we did 75 minutes of racing there. Wow. Which for those who who have actually raced, you are caning your car. It's like the equivalent probably about 30,000 kilometres, I'd have thought. Uh, And... It was just as good at the end as it was at the start. It's incredible. I know. It was. It was absolutely incredible. So now... So there must be some very upset, you know, muscle cars out there. We were crying with laughter as we were going around. When we were on the tail of this Corvette, um, it was just unbelievable. You know, a brand new Corvette. And yeah. literally, one guy made the calculation that apparently it was a thousand Beatles for the equivalent of the Corvette. And we were loving it way more than he was. It was just phenomenal. And um, yeah, and again, the other two drivers that uh, that were with me absolutely adored it as well. And um, and now it's just a question of getting to ten cars. That's the okay. key. Yeah. So the, the second car's on its way, and there's a little bit of a delay on the others. So now I'm going to spend some time to get the other teams into my car so that they can experience it. Because when you experience it once, uh, you'll get your credit card out immediately. Yeah. And then uh, we'll, we'll be all good. Um, oh, but it was an amazing start over the moon. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. That's exciting. That's absolutely exciting. Where do we want to go from this? Where do we want to lead in? This is what a nice lead in to our conversation. Yeah. I, it, I want to start talking about just general maintenance issues that we all have i don't know i've got a segue are okay. you ready for this yeah. so we, we, the theme of that was reliability wasn't yeah. it yeah there we go and reliability See, comes that's why, from that's maintenance. Why you come here. <laughs> yeah. and you know that's what we've been doing for the last yeah. sort of four months or so since the car's been running i've had my uh, the uh, the driving team we've used it as a parts car in effect okay. to get that reliability mm. yeah it's exactly the same when you're at home and with your maintenance requirements in a home environment mm. If you don't build in reliability, you'll have a nightmare, without a doubt. And this is something I've spoken to you about when I move properties. It's always the same scenario. No matter who's had it before, I can guarantee a minimum of six months of of nightmares of all the things that you're trying to find. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But then (laughs) what happens is, if you imagine, before I move into somewhere... I do an enormous amount of maintenance on on it to make sure that it's as good as I can get it. Yeah. But there's shakedown time, the same as my Beetle, where yeah. you've just got to spend that time to make sure that everything is absolutely utterly right and then just go through it and keep going. And the, and the thing is that when, once you start doing your, your annual maintenance or your biannual yeah. or you know, three, four times a year, you, you have to keep up on everything because it doesn't then just last forever. No, absolutely not. Which I You'll, think we forget. Yes. You, well, you do. When something's not breaking, yeah. you automatically assume everything's okay. Yeah, and again, <laughs> the Beetle will be going in tomorrow <laughs> to get a full strip down and make sure that everything is okay so that we know for sure that things yeah. are in the right place so it will be reliable for the next one. Exactly the same with our home. So we say to people, for your ACs, your AC is working harder and harder from the day it's been serviced as the sun yeah. just starts to seep into it. You're still getting the same level of cooling, but the AC compressor and the AC unit as a whole is working harder and harder as it yeah. starts to get choked with sand. And that's exactly what happened to me over the weekend. Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, 10 o'clock at night, walk up into the bedroom. It's blowing hot air. I'm, I'm walking up the oh, stairs. Oh, master bedroom as well. Yeah. Well, I'm walking oh. up into the master bedroom and it's hot. And I'm going, oh, this is odd because I turned that AC down. And so I, you know, it's, it's 10 o'clock at night. I climb up on the roof. Yeah. You know, we got a ladder there, you know, so yeah. you can do that. So I climb up on the roof going, well, this is really weird. And I head over to the unit. It's not on. So, you know, first thing I do is yeah. I climb back down the roof. I go and check all of the, the circuit breakers just to see, okay, did a circuit breaker pop? And nope. And I'm going, oh, 
this is terrible. So, you know, we put in the call. Of course, the guys can't come for a day because yeah, yeah. I, and then this one struck me as very interesting because I just had we have an ad hoc service guy. Yeah. And we we have an air conditioning service group that come and do the stuff. So I call the emergency number. Did anyone answer? Yes. Oh, that's yeah, 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 yeah. They answered. And then I said, uh, so I need someone to come out tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, tomorrow's tomorrow's the weekend. <laughs> and I'm going, and I, my response is, isn't this emergency number? <laughs> it's like, yeah. When we say emergency, <laughs> emergency means well, standard operating procedure <laughs> is within five days. Yeah. So it took a, an extra day. So it's, finally, the guys do come. Yeah. And and of course, I'm now calling just to remind them because mm. I'm thinking, what's the possibility that the person I've spoken to on this emergency number says yes, sir, and they know the address and they know where we are and they know that we're we're long term clients because we've been using them forever because they're who my landlord uses, et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah. And uh, so they show up. It's fine. And so they walk oh, through. Oh, they did show up. Oh, yeah, they finally show up. On time. Uh, yeah, they came in the morning when they said they were going to come, pretty what, much. What, your booking slot was, we'll be there in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> See, at that point, I absolutely, my head's exploded. Well, it was. Fortunately, I was home, and <laughs> and that was and that, this was the thing. I said to them, look, this is the only day I'm home in the morning. So it's got to be today, and and I and I'm saying to them, I'm saying, look, I you know I know what time you guys start working. It's getting hot out. Someone's got to go up on that roof. I'm just thinking of you guys. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, be here on time. <laughs> so they did show up, but but unlike your lot, who at least you have an act a time when you know, will be there at seven thirty. We'll be there at nine o'clock. We'll at least you they didn't they didn't have a time. So that just frustrates me to no end. So we have we have like a, a ten minute allowance, right? Okay, and, but yeah, I know from from a, for a fact you guys will call and say, hey, we're going to be late. Absolutely, anything more than ten minutes, yeah. and. You have to call the customer. It's like that is one where I will lose my um, yeah. my happiness mm. with whoever is involved if that isn't done because that is a basic courtesy. Yeah, that I mean, I've never got the hang of that in the UAE. We're talking uh, about the UAE uh, today, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Earlier on, no, I haven't got the hang of that in the UAE. We'll be there in the. Mo- Do you know the one yeah. that really gets me? <laughs> no, the delivery slot. Oh, oh, oh yeah, sir. Would you like a delivery slot from nine in the morning till six at night? <laughs> That's all day. <laughs> no. How's about, I understand your delivery service, so on that pace, I'll give you an hour. How's about between 9 and 10? Oh, no, 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 I'm very sorry, sir. Can't do no. it. No, it's 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. How do you run a business like that? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to name them on the basis of the previous <laughs> conversation, but um, yes, yeah. not something that I uh, I can get used to. And therefore, it's 10 minutes. Yeah. And you know what? Traffic happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we allow for that. Well, you plan into it. You know the traffic is going to happen. Yep. You know the traffic at different times of the day. So you can plan accordingly. And you know, our normal phone call in that scenario is, um, uh, hello, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so. Uh, our team are running a little bit early. Yeah. And on that basis, we can happily wait for you to the time that, um, uh, that we specified. Or alternatively, if it worked for you, we can be with you. 15, 20 minutes early. Yeah. And who's going to say no? Well, the people who are not <laughs> home are going to say no. And that happens now and again. But normally, it's a really lovely conversation to have. Yeah. But what a great start, as far as I'm concerned, to be having that conversation, yeah. rather than the opposite one, which is, really sorry, but the job's overrun. Yeah. And that does happen, and we have to have that conversation too. Yeah. Because we try and book at, at like as close to 100% efficiency as we mm. can. But, you know, it's, it's one of those, and especially when it comes to AC in your scenario. Well, uh, my scenario was I climb up on the roof. I noticed that, you know, it's... Oh, with them? Oh, I go up too. And when, oh, when, you do, uh, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I like, I like, on you. You know, and I, and I always feel a little bit bad about that because I don't want them to think that I'm standing over their shoulder. But you are. But I am standing over their shoulder. Exactly. And part of it is I just want to see what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if I and, and it's it's like when I go to the doctor's office, you know, and the doctor's talking about stuff. I'm asking a million questions. If you're yeah. giving me the injection. I'm giving myself an injection. Yeah, it's like, okay, hold on a second. It's like, hold on a second. Let's have a little chat about this. Why am I getting this one? And what about this possibility? And what about that? And hold on. Dr. Google <laughs> says, oh, man. No, no, I just, no, it's seldom do I do that. It's just, I just use the common sense. It's like, I yeah. got a few questions here. Yeah. And and they're kind of like, oh, okay, hold on a second. And, and, but do we, you know, it, and it's it, if it's one of those those virus versus bacteria things, and say, well, we're just going to give you this as a precaution. I say, but yeah. hold on a second. 
but do we know that I need that? Because if I don't need that, it's just a precaution. What are we precautioning against? And is it not? And they said, well, you got a point there. Mm. (laughs) Well, they do. They're they're, they're pretty um, injection happy here or drug happy, aren't they? Yeah, sometimes. You have to be a little bit careful with that. So I climb up on the roof with them. Yes. Because we've done now the walk around and he's checked stuff out and, and we climb up and they, the first thing that they, they're looking, they're going, hmm, this is kind of weird. And they're, you know, checking it out. And they, they, they clean the unit upstairs first. For, I mean, they've, they've, yeah. they've taken, so the guy's up there first and he's but doing then, stuff. This is really interesting because... They, they had taken all sorts of stuff apart and he had been probing in with his... Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's an odd start point because yeah. um, if the outdoor unit is not operating, yet it hasn't tripped... Yeah. then that is a really odd combination. Yeah. Okay, so normally, in that scenario, if you uh, if the unit is not cooling, um, then it's due to a number of, of, of really basic factors, which is the compressor is either overheated or died, in which case, as it dies, it basically goes, bleh, yeah. throws out a huge current, which will trip the board. Right. Alternatively, the outdoor fan motor fails, right. at which point the uh, the hot air, which is inside the condenser, um, can no longer be dissipated. Yep. So the compressor and they goes, did check that they were they yeah. were looking at that. So the compressor goes, oh, that's too much for me yeah. to handle. Blah, and then there's that power surge, and it gets knocked off yeah. again. So the only other one, which is uh, an interesting uh, scenario, is uh, a capacitor. Normally, yeah. uh, which did you see a little round cylindrical yep. um, item with some yep. uh, some points on the yep. top? Absolutely. Well, that's the capacitor. I would have thought that that was a capacitor failure yeah. as a standard scenario. And they did check that as well. And then there seems to be a th- another failsafe on this unit. That's a nice Linux system. And what was happening was the compressor was coming on. Yeah. There was, there was way too much sand blocking the cooling fins. Yeah. The compressor was, was heating up, and it was shorting out on it, uh, at this other point on the machine where it's got another breaker. And That's over- really, really odd. But Lennox are like the Rolls-Royce, yeah. as we mentioned before, like the Rolls-Royce And so it would, it would hit the thing, and it would just turn off the compressor. Wow, that's an awesome fail. That's what, that's what I said. Is it really? Yeah, but that's not standard at uh, all. <laughs> well, and the guy was looking at it, and he was saying the same thing. He says, this is unusual. Yeah, super, he, I mean, it's super cool unusual. Yeah, he said, you know, cool, because it really does work yeah. well. So it saves, because he was doing the same thing. He's going, hmm. Because he was looking at all these things, yep. and then he's checking, the, you know, they're checking the compressor out, and they're going, well, that's weird, because, and they're checking the fan out, and then they're looking at it, you know, it was, and it would just wow. trip it off. Oh, that's really cool. So I mean, that saved, that saved yeah. your compressor, literally. So then they came up, and he's, you know, they did the, the whole cleaning of it, which took quite a while, and I was, so I'm up there when they're doing that mm. as well, I'm looking, I'm going, man, that is an exceptional amount of sand coming And how up. long was it since you'd... Um, Two months. Okay. That's what I said to him. I said, two months. And he then, they then, because they're there, they serviced them all. Yeah. And the other units didn't have nearly the amount of sand. So I don't understand. This one's located in a slightly different part on the on the roof. That makes a massive, um, a massive difference. I, See, it's interesting, though, when you throw out the fact that we haven't had a Shamal. No. Uh, we haven't had any real issues recently. No. And it was only that one. Just the one. Was it out of interest? Was it near um, the edge of the yeah. roof and yeah. near a wall as yeah. well yeah right okay so if you imagine in that Both. scenario <laughs> near the edge and the wall yeah yeah so in that scenario what normally happens is between the unit and the wall is where all of the sand co- kind of gets stored that's got in uh, okay. your roof acts like a bit of a bucket if it's yeah. got a um uh, an extra lip above the floor level of the roof itself yeah. so it then gets pushed up to the side but then conversely, because the unit is, is positioned quite close to the wall, it actually works as a funnel when the outdoor uh, fan motor comes on to actually funnel it into the unit. So as it funnels, you get additional pressure of the air, which then sucks the sand into the unit, creating uh, what you uh, had. There we go. That's probably why I did it. So, Gee whiz, well, Chiefs. So my, <laughs> my thing was, I'm looking at this, I'm going, so I, sh- I should really come up and clean these things uh, you know, more often. And he, his response was, he said, you could, but he says, if you hit the electronics, uh, electrics on this thing, yeah. you're going to cause yourself a heck of a problem. Well, he's, he's um, basically been quite, uh, quite nice there um, <laughs> because uh, you have got three-phase electrics in that situation, 415 volts that will kill you before yeah. looking at you. Yeah. Um, and I know of that happening in Dubai. 
Wow. I know of people who've actually really? thrown off the roof um, by the jolt that was there. I've had um, uh, my senior technician who was, uh, before he worked with us, was with a junior technician who touched the wrong wire and he, he got um, the electric shock, actually pulled him into the unit. And the only way that he could solve it was to kick him extremely hard with his rubber boot to get him physically disconnected from the unit. And he was in hospital for a long, old while. Wow. But most, most AC techs have got that story. So, yeah. so don't clean it yourself. Technically, you know, I, yeah. I, I think I mean, it's I guess important I to say you could actually do it if you really knew what you were doing and yeah. you isolated it correctly and yeah. you were really careful with how you used the water. But then the other thing, there's a technical side to this as well, which is to get a hose. The ideal scenario here is to use the hose to hose off the condenser coil. Yeah. If you don't have the pressure, enough pressure, you'll find that it doesn't uh, get rid of the baked-on sand, which is what's causing the major problem on the loose sand that's there. If you have too much pressure, uh, pressure, there go all your fins. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so then you ran into a problem where you've wrecked... Oh, you've wrecked the unit. Absolutely. Now, so... There is, you are buying experience <laughs> by getting a, a qualified company to come out and, um, and yeah. look at it. And obviously I am going to say that because that's what I run. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't like killing people. Right. It's not ideal. Yeah. So on that basis, <laughs> it, it's one of those jobs that it sounds like it's something that you should be able to do. Yeah. Um, but in the practical reality, just don't do it. It's just not worth it. It really yeah. isn't. Unless you really know electrics. And I'm not talking wiring up a plug. Mm. Um, uh, like you really have experience and you have uh, ideally qualifications in that it was, field. It was so, so the air conditioning's back working. Yay! And then uh, all, all is happy and it's cool. But I got to tell you, that it was we, we changed rooms. So we, we do have spare rooms. So we were yeah. in the spare room. And, uh, we, you know, it's, it's nicely equipped. But man, it's not the same sleep. As well as um, as well as the units and cleaning the units, did they actually clean up the roof area around it? Yeah, yeah good. Okay, yeah, yeah. so they've done a proper job. There. Yeah, yeah, they sweep up and they wash up and great. No, because you want to get rid of that sand that's yeah. caused the problem in the first place, and that's yeah. that's a large part of of what our boys will do with an AC service. Yeah. I was just amazed at how much sand was in this one unit versus the other three. Yeah. Oh, here's another classic, oh, which okay. you've got to be really careful with. And again, my boys are, are told frequently to be really careful with this, which if you imagine on the roof area when they've, uh, they've uh, cleaned everything down, yeah. all that sand is going into your roof drain. Yes. Okay. Now, you're not going to know that there is a problem there until the rains hit. <laughs> And what actually happens is that um, that area acts like a bucket. Right. And then it just can't, when the, all the sand's in it, it can't get rid of that sand quick enough to let the uh, the water get through at the rate that's needed, which therefore means that the water <laughs> level rises. We had this at the last property. Oh, no. Well, actually, you know, we did get to the end of it. The water so, level was rising on your flat roof? Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. But that was, and we'd unblocked all of the uh, uh, the, the drain lines, and then yeah. it would trip out the ACs <laughs> one at a time. And, and you like to have yours at like 14 degrees Celsius. <sighs> and she's still not changed. It's a night. <laughs> Literally. It's just ridiculous. So, so the water would rise on the roof and trip out your AC? And yeah, yeah. On a really, on a decent thunderstorm, without a doubt. But the problem is I'm not even there. I'm round at my mother-in-law sorting out her place normally. Yeah. So, uh, and then I literally come back to this. So I'm going from one nightmare to another, trying to get it all sorted out. And um, uh, yeah, so this one, actually, I don't think we've had, we didn't have a big um, no, rainstorm last we year, had done we? last year. Zero. Can yeah. you imagine an entire year? No That's rain. nuts, isn't it? Yeah. So, yes, we'll find out whether or not this one's got a similar problem. As it's 300 yards away from the old one, I don't fancy my chances, to be honest. But all the fun and games, isn't it? Yeah. What's going on in the office? What's, uh, what's big? It's been a weird, weird week. To say the least. First of all, we're rammed again, uh-huh. which is That's bizarre. Good. That's well, good. it is, but then the temperature That's went down a couple of degrees. So I was I was planning for the worst, and actually, it's been incredible. Really, oh, okay. really great week. Um, we've also had uh, like odd issues this week. Okay, that's well, that's got to be kind of fun. Well, yes and no. <laughs> okay, so the yes for the variety, the no because because the jobs are nasty. Oh, it's like oh. underground leaks. Okay, oh. water supply underground leaks. So, uh, uh, so the after start, the dewa, after the exactly. water comes. Oh, you yeah, see, yeah. that's the worst. So these people have already just had a horrendous dewa bill that's just come in for like fifteen odd thousand, and that wasn't a bad one. I heard one for twenty eight last night. Unbelievable! Wow. And then um, we had so that they've just had that, 
And then for us, in effect, you have to use deduction because there is a guy in Dubai and he's really very good. Um, Does he have a divining rod? Uh, oh, if only. He's got the electronic version. <laughs> oh, okay. So he can, he can do it that way. But the problem is, if you imagine the cost of that equipment, yeah. and then the civil works are involved um, in, in in digging up what he needs, you're talking 10,000 with, with him, really, and, and quite rightly so, um, yeah. for that service, which people don't want to do. Yeah. So instead, our boys use a huge amount of experience and also little telltales you know, mm. to try and work out where the problems are. But sometimes it can be three or four digs before we're going to get it. And then you're hoping it's only one and not multiples. So so in this big underground leak, what was the problem? What broke? It's a corner, just literally an elbow. Oh. Um, luckily, that one was nice and easy in the end. And just over time, it just gave way? Or? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you, if you wow. So it was directly down from the meter, and then the first elbow that ah, okay. comes in, and we kind of know that that's the notorious one. And um, why why is that notorious? What why does that is just there more pressure there or? Do you know, I've, I only have theories. I don't know the actual factual side of it. But if you if you imagine that corner, that corner is at the bottom of a wall. That wall will heat up over oh, time. Okay, maybe. And the expansion and contraction of that means that in effect that pipe is is being pulled and, and shortened mm. on a regular basis. So that's my theory. That's your theory. Okay, I, I like, know, I like I, the theory. I don't know more than that, but it sounds feasible, doesn't it? And was it an old installation? Was this old Yeah, piping? yeah, 15 years. Okay. Uh, so it was Ranches 1. So, okay. uh, um, yeah, it was a quite, kind of an old installation there. Um, so that was an old one. We've had like two or three of those kind of leaks, huh. including our own place. Oh, no. Yeah, the landlord, before we were there, went and um, uh, did a whole bunch of um, uh, piping works. And yeah. we got a message from Dewey, you're 87% up over the last 48 hours. Hey, that's nice that they let you know. So, yeah, it is. It's really good now. I didn't even know they did that. Yeah, smart meters. That's one of the new um, new features. Yeah, yeah. So you will get uh, get that info. Um, So uh, we sent Rene, because he happened to be in the office, like, dude, come on, take a look. And he literally sent this hilarious video (laughs) of water (laughs) peeing out everywhere. Oh, no. no. no." So anyway, we've got it. It will be fixed. And what was yours? What was that? Uh, That was, uh, so it was just, no, it was just poorly done work um, okay. on um, PPR, which is like plastic weld pipe, right. uh, which luckily we do. Um, yeah. We just do it right. <laughs> and um, it's so reliable, this pipe, that yeah. it, we, we tr- uh, treat it like fit it and forget. Mm. And um, But yeah, the technician clearly was not an expert in how to use it, and hence the problems that we have. <sighs> and we'll charge the landlord not just for the uh, DWA bill, but also for our time to fix it, uh-huh. his job, and uh-huh. he's agreed. So really, yeah, I know. Nice. Yeah. Well, you know, he's got signed up for quite a long time, so he does not want to get on our nerves this early. It would be a bad move. Yeah. So we had that as well. We've had roots in pipes, which is always oh, a nightmare, oh, absolute I've, nightmare. So I've got this big tree, yeah, in the front of my house. Mm. I'm not quite sure where the roots are going. It, it, just don't think about it. I, I'm not. It's the right way to deal with it until you've got a problem. Because right? when you've got a problem, it's a nightmare. So the water supply is not anywhere near where this tree is. So I'm pretty confident water supply is not an issue at this point. Any, I mean, yeah. nothing. there's no issues at this point. But I just always wonder where the roots are going. So we, I'm thinking they're going into the neighbor's yard. That's a nice thought. Yeah, yeah. I like your style. Underneath the wall, that yeah. kind of stuff. That, that's my thinking because... Where else would they be going? <laughs> well, we used to do, the big job that we used to do every two or three years was, um, remember my amazing customer, Nargis, yes. um, who's uh, been with us since the very beginning, bless her. Um, and the there we would do the roots and her drains every probably two years, I guess. Really? And the reason is, is quite a simple one, which is um, to actually permanently fix it, it is a mini digger, excavate the entire pipe, cut yes. it out and put a new one in, which yeah. is way beyond what we do as a maintenance company. Um, however, we have got plumbing rods with a corkscrew on the end oh. that we can basically put down, twist it and pull. Okay. And we pull and we pull and we pull and we pull. And then eventually you get a whole load of, well, uh, yeah. you know that you've <laughs> solved the issue. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah. And um, and away we go for another two years until yeah. it kind of comes back, and then we'll, 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 and it makes sense to do it that way economically. Yeah. Uh, but there are uh, actually the the specialist here went under over the uh, the recession, which is a real shame. But again, this is the, one the, the where... roto rooter guy went under. That's, yeah, that's what they call him at home. Would be a roto rooter. 
you know, um, got a big truck. He's, he's got yeah, that, exactly. He's yeah, got yeah. the stuff that he can use to get into the piping. And, yes, but that's yeah. expensive gear right, yeah. again. So he was at like six thousand to get that done, okay. and um, unfortunately, you don't get a market at six thousand. Yeah. That's a real problem. Yeah. And you know, he had the robots to be able to patch yeah. pipes. He, he was awesome, and he'd do a lot for developers as well. But the problem was there just wasn't enough of a market for it. So yeah. back to back to the UK, guess, he's gone. Our our brute labor. You know, and people can just get yeah. out there like yourselves, get out there, get a number of hands into it. And, yep. Which, you know, when you're talking about sewage, not the best place. But anyway, at least you it's all get part it of the out. job. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so that was clearing that roots. Yeah. Clearing roots. Now, here's the one, <laughs> oh, one oh, that I we loved from this week. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We had an essential maintenance customer, bless him, who posted online to say, uh, our AC went off at 1 a.m. this morning. I called the essential maintenance boys because I've got a contract with them and uh, they were there by one forty-five. They managed to fix the AC in the master bedroom without waking my wife asleep <laughs> in the master bedroom or my kids. And he's like, they only knew that somebody had been in the house. These are Santa's helpers. When the morning after, as in this morning, she said, did you feel a little bit hot in bed last night? How cool is that? I was absolutely tickled that that had all happened without even waking up the family. And to me, that's almost the epitome yeah. of why having a uh, you know an annual maintenance contract and uh, using it effectively when you need it and it all working—that's what it's all about. That's incredible. You know? That's that's a customer who's not going anywhere. Nah, it's just brilliant, honestly. But that also, I mean, it fills me with pride, that yeah. kind of stuff. You yeah. know, I really care about the work that we do and the quality that we do and get so irritated. I mean, the nature of maintenance is it is not a 100% fixed business. Yeah. Things are going to happen. And, you know, we've got redo squads for exactly that scenario. Mm. Our aim is to get that down. And it really should be at about 0.5%. So one in 200 jobs that, that that's um, not bad. It goes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that we always hit that. Um, but that's what we, we aim for. And um, that's what we kind of, um, we, we can hit that most of the time. It's just sometimes it just all goes, especially, you know, midsummer where everything's absolutely stressed in the yeah. system. Yeah. But um, it's it's one of those where when everything just goes right and it's it's just done exactly as you'd envisage when you set yeah. up the systems, it's just lovely. It really fills you with a sense of pride. How's the call center team doing these days? And I, I say that only because they take all these calls. They've got to sort through it. They've yeah. got to diagnose. They've got to listen to things. That they, they're, they're must, there's got to be a book in that. You, know, you won't believe what they called me about. Yeah. Oh, we, we have that okay. It's an interesting <laughs> one because what we found over the summer was um, we were under-resourced. And, really? um, yeah. I people mean, on vacation, just people with... No, not really vacation. It's just the... Turnover. The sheer... Vol- yeah, a combination of um, uh, staff that have been with us for years that have, have departed. Yeah. Uh, and when I say years, like eight years and that kind of area. Uh, leaving, so not as experienced team uh, combined with a real heavy, hard influx of additional calls. Mm. Basically, man, we need to look at that whole call centre dynamic again. Right. And uh, where we got to was we installed a whole new, we call it Tier 1, which okay. is that initial phone call as it comes in, where they can the Tier 1 guys can stream through uh, all of those easy jobs that we don't need to um you know they're our bread and butter and we can do really easily they can just put them directly and then those that they can't go through to tier two and um the the traditional bookings team that we had before uh, and those boys uh, and ladies are the ones that will um deal with the more in-depth stuff and it's working really well so far Mm. you know you find it takes some time to bed it in and um, those customers that have been used to talking to those two or three um, uh, initial people that they always talk to, or yeah. they always ask for Gareth, <laughs> uh, you know, that becomes yeah. a little bit more difficult to do. Yeah. And that's something we're really aware of. Mm. But overall, it's going really, really well. 
Nice. And the, the the people that we've got are just incredible. You know, they're again um, these guys, the tier one guys, are all from the Philippines, mm. um, but they've spent years um, working in remote call centres uh, for especially US customers for uh, people like AT and T and a lot of the it. US banks. So they are used to um, dealing with European customers. They do, they've done it all day every day. So we yeah. don't have that communication issue, which right. is brilliant. And also they used to process, which is uh, critical for us to make sure that they know how to escalate. The escalation process is, mm. is, is right as well. So it's gone, it's gone really, really well. You know, we're going to spend the winter of uh, getting those guys trained up without a doubt and, um, and moving in that direction. Um, but the real winner uh, this summer has been uh, Essential. Essential Maintenance yeah. has just done so well. It's people, you know, we were so small. We only started it three years ago. And... Um, uh, it was so small that um, it, it took a bit of time to really get uh, get in its stride, but it's absolutely flying now. Nice. And um, luckily, the service trying to keep up with the uh, the service levels and making sure that we that's the challenge, that, isn't it? It's critical. It's absolutely yeah. critical. And um, bless him, um, the uh, our senior bookings manager who looks after um, the uh, essential brand. Um, bangs the drum, he bangs the drum hard. Um, and, you know, we, we sometimes make errors. We realise we had under-resourced uh, him. And um, yeah. so we dealt with it there and then, which is always nice as, as owners of a business. You go, oh, no. All right, tomorrow you've got another another team is coming on that. and yeah. um, But it's growing at such a rate, which is just That's wonderful. Cool. That's very cool. It, it's people showing their trust in us as well, yeah. which is amazing. That's the thing that, that really is nice. If someone's prepared to actually spend money on an annual maintenance contract, it, it shows a real, um, a real warmth towards the brand and a trust in us, yeah. and we really do feel that. Very nice. Hey, I want to move on to yeah. uh, just a quick quick uh, chat about doors. Yes. And the reason I want to talk about doors is because I, I've got a variety of different doors at my own place. And yeah. I don't know, I'm kind of infatuated with doors. Weirdly, I, I kind of am as well. <laughs> Did you did you like my hack that I sent you the the uh, YouTube hack of the week? The uh, what underneath the doors that one? Yeah, it's cool with the pool the noodle. Pipe. Well, there's the, the pool noodle, the pool noodle. And did the, you see the lagging pipe, yeah, which yeah. is the one I really yeah, like yeah. because that one kind of fits around the door <laughs> yeah. really well, doesn't it? What would so, your wife say if you just said, oh, so "I'm going to fix that with this"? She'd shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> So, However, so I was wondering if it's a bachelor's place where they've done this for quick yeah. fix. <laughs> yeah, no, I get killed. Let's be honest here. I, so my thing was, I was wondering, how does that door actually shut? Well, you need a, a, a you need a heck of a drafty door. So for those people, just so that you're all aware, what we're talking about here is if you imagine a insulation um, a pipe that lags a a normal a copper pipe or, yeah. or, or something like that. Yeah, so the suggestion is to strip, uh, put, uh, cut it so that with one line so you can open it out and then fit it around the bottom of a door that has a, a draft. Yeah. So air conditioning's so, going out, heat's going out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've all got this problem. We drafty doors especially at the bottom this is the simple fix interestingly enough i think i'm in the first house that, that i don't have that really yeah it's bizarre isn't it yeah i don't know how but no we don't have any of the sun coming in um, no drafty doors mind you i think that um uh, that on this house probably it may well have been the way we redid the outdoor granite that i've actually um put a oh what do you call those These, a little sill yeah, it's a sill, but there's a special word for it, and I can't oh. remember what it's called. Anyway, uh, one of those uh, oh. right over the front of it that I oh, think nice. seals up against it oh, much better that's than really the nice. traditional one. Yeah, it wasn't me. It was yeah. just the installation guy. <laughs> so give us, give us a bit more, and we, we'll do this. All right. All right. Um, so that really kind of helps. But um, the noodle idea, if you imagine to be able to get that in, I think yeah. you need <laughs> probably an inch, don't you? Yeah, Which least, is insane. It's a bad door. But I, I wonder thought, whether people actually like take the door off the hinges and then, <laughs> and then actually play it. Oh no, I didn't have enough space, so now oh, I have. I can put the pool noodle in. I thought maybe someone had taken the door off, was planning it, made a mistake, and then it's like, oh. See, there's an interesting one that wasn't on that list that we used to use. This is when, all how to we fix drafty doors. Cleaning. Yeah, as found on the internet. So what we did was we cut a pool noodle down the middle. So you, you actually think? use this technique. No. Okay. <laughs> so we cut a pool noodle down the middle, and then we would literally push it from the outside underneath the door to stop the water going right. underneath the door from um, when we were there. But the problem was it, it wasn't as effective as you would like. And what we found was that 
uh, just stuffing a whole bunch of towels Dolls, yeah. uh, works a lot better. So in the end, we dumped that when I, after Pinterest let me yeah. down yet again. So it's nice in theory, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I'm not sure how practical that one is. But then again, you can just get the wipers that fit beautifully right. to a door, whether yeah. you get the brush version yeah. um, or right. alternatively like the, uh, the the solid rubber yeah. um, type, uh, and which those will work t- a lot more to work as well. Yeah. yeah. Doors are an interesting one because you've got a lot of selection. You, yes. You've got your metal doors, you've got your core doors, you've got your solid wood doors, glass doors. I mean, it is, it's actually pretty incredible when you start looking at the selection of doors you can get for a place and the cost associated with them. Don't go to Dragon Mart. <laughs> oh, okay, so you don't go to the discount place. No, there's discount places and then there's <laughs> Dragon Mart for doors. Oh, you know, I love Dragon Mart. You know yeah. I love Dragon Mart. So Dragon Mart uh, here is a Chinese wholesaler. Yes, that's It's an entire good. mall. Think of it as a very big mall. It's double. Huge. There's two of them now. Yeah, yeah. And they've got everything from, and usually, some, I mean, they try to organize things into categories. Sometimes Have it works. Have you noticed how those categories, yeah, sometimes so, it works. No. Sorry, James, it doesn't work. <laughs> it used, when it first went it in, it worked. Yeah, and now, yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 years ago. Right. Now it's all messed up. The bit up. that works <laughs> is that the central strip, yeah. right, which is quite clear that the first, if you're on that central strip, you will abide by our rules. After that, we want your rent. Yeah. So on that basis, whatever you want to sell, we've got this slot available. Wait a second, I've got hardware products and I'm in clothing. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Oh, okay. It's one of those, isn't it? Well, so, and, and that's why you always want to know someone who goes uh, once in a while because they're going to have found some, oh, yeah, there's this great place. It's selling this, that, and the other thing. Oh, where is it? Oh, okay, well, you got to go to the the uh, textile section. And But yeah, but this isn't textiles. This is like a motorized vehicle. Yeah, yeah, it's in the textile section. Yeah, yeah. It's not in the motorized vehicle section? No. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> you want a pool table? Clothing. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get doors though because you've got tile from there you love the tile i know the tile's brilliant yeah. it's really really good uh but no not doors no okay it's one of those where you've got two options with the door here in the uae which is are you looking for the cheapest possible door and are you planning to move out within six months if mm. you are go to drug them up okay? yeah. alternatively if you and again it's one of these where in truth if you're renting you're not going to do this but if you own your property do it properly, yeah. okay? Get a carpenter to actually make you a door of the style that you want. Alternatively, yeah. there are the aluminium options if that's your, your well, here's, portion. Here's my problem with, with my place. It's not a problem at all, actually. It's just, it's just the reality yeah. is every single door in my place is custom door. Yeah. So, and, and it's weird because none of them are the same. I mean, they're all close to the size, but... Even the front door, it's not a standard front door. You know how that happens? No. Right. What happens, if you imagine on the construction side, so they, um, they put all the structural walls in, first of all. Uh, right. And then somebody goes with block. Right. Okay. And what actually happens is, okay, that's the plan, so there's a door there. Right. There's the plans to one side. Now, the full block basically takes me to this location there. That's about the size of a door. They'll deal with that. Okay. And then the plaster comes in and he goes, well, I can only put in like, uh, you know, two centimetres of plaster and away we go. So two centimetres of plaster is exactly what they're going to get. So they then get that and then they go, right, okay, carpenters, you got a plane? There's your door space. Off you go. And that's literally the level that the UAE will work to when you're outside of a development. If it's EMAR or somebody like that, then it's standardized. Totally standardized because they're pre ordered. But um, when you're in an independent villa like yours, that's exactly how it operates. It's a custom build, which is is great. And it's a nightmare if you ever want to get anything replaced, fixed. Oh, yeah. Because, and and as the, as the, the, the building is settled over 20 some odd years, you know, you start to notice things. And it's like, hmm. the, the thing is, within uh, like nor- uh, Northern America and Europe as well, they actually have this all worked out. Yeah. So there, they have oversized doors, which is standard, and then it all you do is you plane it down on the outside, whatever it is, whether it's core or whatever. Yeah. The outsides are designed to be planed down, so that way you can actually end up with a custom size out of a standard door. Hmm. Here, no, <laughs> no, it's fully custom. You want that built? We'll build it. Yeah. But there's some stunning doors. There are. And that's yeah. the, you know, the doors are art. That's the first thing you see when you go to visit someone's place. I mean, you got the lighting, you got whatever, you walk up the steps and you got your, your, your greenery or whatever. Yeah. And then you confront the door. Yes, absolutely. It's an image statement. It says something. What's happening at that ridiculous place around the corner from you with doors? 
Yeah, which one? The uh, you know the one that we were talking about with the ridiculous oh, hinges. And all that? Oh yeah, I, no one's living there at the moment, so I can't think why. <laughs> no one's there, so it's just becoming dilapidated. What that door's worse than yeah, it was? I think so. Yeah, it seems to me they added an extra hinge. So this is a an outdoor gate kind of entryway that was beautiful. It had it. it you know, they put in a brand new door. It was nice because it was it was a mess and. After about one month, they put more external hinges on that don't match. Do you know why? They bought it from Dragomar. Yeah, I'm thinking so. They put more on, but there's no one living there at this point. Right. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. That is too bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. The wonders of doors. (laughs) See, the other one that's the classic is, um, is what do you do when your door goes a bit yellow? Yes. What do you do? So... And that is now standard in the springs. Because if you imagine it's now, well, I moved in there in 2005. uh, And it was probably like uh, two years old, but I mean, sat around for a while. So 2003. uh, So we're now at 18 years where they were all sprayed white there. Mm -hmm. And over 18 years, they're now all yellow, along with the kitchens, which is another story. You've got two options. Brush paint it. Okay. Yeah, but that could look really bad. No, it's not that it could look really bad. <laughs> that is going to look really bad. Okay? It's going to be horrific. What are you thinking? No. Right? Which is what my dad would do in the 80s. Brush paint it. Brush paint it. Definitely. My grandfather brush painted his entire car. <laughs> oh, man. It was a 40 Conoline van, actually. Oh, one I of love those, those. One of those classic ones. Yeah, that yeah, we're with talking. the, with the, uh, the straight yeah. front. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how could he? And the yeah, engine yeah. was in the yeah, um, yeah. The main compartment. Yeah. Stunning. Yeah. What was he thinking? <laughs> he needed to paint it. <laughs> oh, man. Right, anyway. Back on this. So, yeah. the... So, your dad the, um, would do it, but with a brush? He would have just got out the brush and... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, luckily, he converted them all uh, in the... Oh, must be early 2000s to an absolutely lovely ash finish now okay. so we ain't painting anything anymore thank god um but the uh the so you two options now so right? hold on. are these doors wood doors or are these the metal yes, doors the wood yeah, doors, the wood doors. The wood doors. Okay. and they're solid as well yeah, yeah, so respect wood. to email for nice, that nice and white yeah so they're first of yellow. all they are very yellow first of all you have to use some kind of undercoat doesn't necessarily have to be primer but you've got to use an undercoat mm. Clean the door first, without a doubt, with some just some straight cell- uh, cellulose thinners. You need to get all the grease off the door. Imagine 18 years People of forget about that. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. And then you need to put an undercoat on there. If you just use a gloss, it is gonna, you're going to have a disaster. The question mm. is, where on the door is that disaster going to happen? So then once you have um, uh, put uh, some kind of undercoat on it, let that dry. Ooh, I'm amazed <laughs> how many people don't actually do the most basic things. <laughs> let it dry. Yeah. Yeah, people anyway. don't let it dry. They just put it on and, okay, I can paint over it now. Yeah, and then oil, oil-based oil paint takes ages. Totally different to water-based. You know, yeah. water-based, it's drying kind of two hours. I think we're used to using water-based. That means that's yes. sort of become the norm. And then when you get something that's oil-based, yeah. people go, what, I got to let it dry for eight hours? Yeah, and it smells as well, yeah. which is the real problem. Okay, so therefore, you're in effect, it's the next day in truth, unless you've got up at some ridiculous hour to, to do the <laughs> undercoating of your, all your doors, if you're doing it that way. So then next day is a top coat. So mm-hmm. again, mohair roller for that, if you were going to DIY it. Now, the reality <laughs> is, with a mohair roller, it is, uh, if you use anything other than a, uh, some kind of flat paint, so, um, you know, an eggshell or ideally even flatten that if you can get it, yeah. which is difficult, um, then you are going to see the stipple effect from uh, that mohair roller. Uh, yeah. There's no way around it. Okay. okay. But that is the best DIY option, in my humble opinion. What about spray cans? No. You never get the consistency. <laughs> no? No. Oh, okay. Okay. So, the alternatively, uh, alternatively, you can get your doors sprayed, and there mm-hmm. are plenty of people that do it here. But the reality is, it's going to be about 800 a door. Oh. Yeah. But my priming it, cleaning it off first with uh, something, priming it. If you're gonna if you're gonna get somebody in to do it, let them do it. Do not touch that door. Hand it to them so that way it's all theirs to get right or wrong. Okay, okay? and then at that point they will t- normally take away your door if they want to do it in location. Run. Oh, so if they say I can do it here, yeah, yeah, they they will often do that. They get up sawhorses and away they go if you're lucky. <sighs> Seriously, this is where it goes all badly, <laughs> badly wrong. Okay, the reality is, unless they have been on an episode of CSI, they are not going to be taping the environment properly. Yeah. 
you will find for the rest of your time in that property little overspray spots Mm. all over the place and guarantee it so don't do it Mm. so the the only kind of compromise which i have seen work is for them to use the garage area and then literally you need a complete taped taped area with plastic everywhere to be able to uh, to survive it that i can just about handle failing that away you go in the van with my doors come back when they're ready and if you damage anything you'll be doing it again Always a good caveat, and they know that up. But it's about eight hundred dirhams a door. Eight hundred dirhams a door yeah. versus doing it at home, doing it yourself with the mohair roller. You're probably looking at. Oh god! If you well, it's interesting. If you're doing one door, your unit tree rate it would still be expensive because you basically need to be the roller, the yeah. the uh, mohair, the cellulose thinners, the yeah. undercoat, and then the top coat. And by the way, for a door, you could probably do it on a liter. But you know what? I wouldn't buy a gallon. It makes much more sense. Yeah. Now. Uh, where were we? Oh yes, but if you're doing multiple doors, then at that point, if you if you get through one, and you still got some motivation left, then yeah, off you go, and then then the unitary rate will come down quite a long way. And how many doors are we looking at in the springs, front, side? Oh, I reckon you're doing well. You're not even talking about exterior doors, so we're on one. These are all the interior doors. One, two, three, four downstairs. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm just talking one particular yeah. type, and another. four four upstairs okay oh five i forgot the uh, master bathroom yeah so yeah you got you got your work cut out yeah it's a lot of doors it is a lot of doors um but yeah so you know most people are like part of a general renovation doors are included and there's another eight thousand or whatever to get that sorted out yikes okay yeah that's, that's good to know but it, that could be a fun project too yeah oh absolutely yeah yeah it's the kind of thing. The, the problem is that people forget that there are two sides to a door. Yeah. So, yeah, look, I've done it. It looks absolutely great. Oh, no, you've got to turn it over. Yeah. Don't turn it over too soon. It has to, be, <laughs> has to be solid if you're going to turn it over. What about the edges? Yeah. No, edges you can normally do uh, kind of the uh, the first stage. It's just you have to be really careful with oil because it doesn't half drip. Yeah. And at that point, like a solid oil drip is a pain to deal with, you know? And you know you're going to see that drip if it's there. Even if yeah. it's you know way over in a corner on the side, you're going to see it. Hey, here's an interesting one I've forgotten on that, which was um, a, a, a law company. Actually, I'm looking out towards where they are. Uh-huh. Um, and they were adamant that they did not have the budget to be able to spray. So I said, okay, well, if you're going to do this, a legal firm. Uh-huh. Okay, if you're going to do this, the only way that I'm prepared to do it is to use the uh, mohair roller method. Um, but again, your doors are all flat. Anyway, we did it. And we did it really, really well. They came around. That's brilliant. I'm looking at it going, you wouldn't have that in my house. There's no way. <laughs> and, but they looked at it, oh, see, we yeah. told you. Yeah. We yeah. told you. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. It's like, okay, these days I would have rejected that job. This is back in the very early days. Yeah. I would have rejected that job just knowing that the quality is not yeah. to a level that I'd be comfortable with. But you know what? In those days, mm. we desperately need the money. Mm. Mm. And we were doing it all. We'd start at like 4 a.m. in the morning when the security oh, yeah, started. Yeah. And then they literally nailed the hot. We did all of their skirting for thousands of square meters. Wow. It was a big old job, but boy, do we need it. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. There we go. Yeah. Hey, I think that's, uh, that's an interesting conversation. We, we, you know, we, we covered our wood doors a little bit. Yes, we did. And then if we, you know, then you got, we got metal ones. We got all sorts of different kinds of doors. Does anyone really want to put in? I mean, I guess back home in Canada, you do get storm doors that are, foam core metal on the outside yeah still in the uk as well uh hmm. you normally use it when you uh, like a, a non-domestic whether yeah. if you have like, like a garage a, door or something yeah something like yeah. that you probably use it yeah. but not really i mean you get loads of upvc in the yeah. uk now which is it's a great product yeah. it's just oh, the aesthetic yeah. that's not so great yeah. but actually i mean they're incredibly stable yeah. um so very practical which is the reason why people use them yeah, yeah what, what a fun conversation today i think we're going to wrap it up this was Sounds a lot good. of fun yeah I, i'm looking forward to doing our next one and who knows where we're going to go with that conversation it's the wild world of diy with colin thomas from essential maintenance and we will fix it dubai and you know the best thing you can get in touch with you guys yeah 800 fix 800 349 or we've got all the socials alternatively essential essential maintenance.com follow you guys on insta lots of tips lots of ideas and i bet if you actually just call them and you got a question about something someone there's going to know the answer of course yeah <laughs> talk to you again real soon colin thomas james pike away this is the we will fix a podcast <laughs>